The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Confirmation Day is a special day here at Apostles, and especially for the lives of these young people. There's a lot of different activities that go on with this day. It started with a special banquet for them and their parents last night. Today, of course, the two services, communing for the first time, being together with family and friends, being dressed up in these nice white robes, and now they really do look like little angels. But it goes deeper than that. It's more than just all of these outward activities. Probably you have seen a commercial on TV, I think it's for the Capital One credit card, in which they have a a group, a band of uh, barbarians who are either pillaging a village or the next one they're getting on an airplane. (laughs) And at the end of all the commercials, they always ask that same question. What's in your wallet? As if that's the most important thing in life, right? What can you get with the credit card? But there's something more important than that. What's in your heart? That's the question for these young people, and for all of us really today. They're going to tell us in a little bit what is in their heart. We have been going through the scriptures and with a series of messages we've entitled Real People, looking at individual people in the Bible and seeing how their lives are real lives like ours, but hearing about our real God. Today we want to talk about David, King David, perhaps one of the greatest people in the Bible. And we want to hear what God says about him see how it's also true for us. In fact, this is what God said about him as Paul recorded it in Acts chapter 13. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's a pretty special phrase. So today, let's look to see how that applies to all of us, whether you be the confirmands, the parents and family, or our fellow church members. What does it mean to live after God's own heart? Now, you just think about those words, and you can see some pretty significant words in there. First of all, God's heart. So we want to take a look at what's in God's heart, but then note how it affects me a real person in real life. And the key to that is this little word, after. In in the Greek, that's a, a preposition. It's showing a relationship. What it's telling us is that we have a relationship with God. And that word, after, in the Greek, really means according to or in line with. David was a man who lived in line with the heart of God. Now, what does that look like? If only we had a video of his life. If only we had a Facebook page that we could go to and see what it was. Well, God provided that for us in the scriptures. So we're going to go and take a look at some key points about David's life and see how that's true for us too. Since today is confirmation day, and we want to talk about what that means, I'm going to give you three key words 
They all start with the letter C. And that's what confirmation is all about. Of course, one of the things you think about with King David was when he was a little boy or a teenager, just like you guys, about your age, and how he had to stand up to Goliath. So the first thing we learn about this faith that you're going to confirm to us today is that it gives you courage to face your giants. Now we remember the giant that David had to face, Goliath, that huge man. David had already been anointed to be the next king of Israel, but he wouldn't assume that position yet because the first king was still in power. But he was there to serve that new king, and one of the things he would do would be to go out when the armies would have battle. You see, there was one nation called the Philistines who were always tormenting the Israelites. And one day they were going to have a big battle between the two armies, but instead of sending both armies to battle it out, they just decided that there would be one representative from each army to fight. The Philistines had this giant man named Goliath. And he came out and he taunted the Israelites. And there was no one in the Israelite army who was brave enough to go up against this giant. And then comes this little teenage shepherd boy who says, he'll take him on. Now, what was it that gave David such courage? Oh, he talked about how he was pretty good with slingshot because he had practice in fighting off bears and lions in order to protect the sheep. But remember, God is telling us something about David's heart when he says he was a man after my heart. He lived in line with God's heart. You see, what gave David courage to face that giant was not his experience and his education, but it was his God. David had courage in his heart because of the heart of God. What did David know about God's heart? Well, first of all, the promises that God had made. David had the scriptures. David studied the Bible just like you guys have. And he recalled God's promises, perhaps one that Moses uh, spoke, that God spoke through Moses to the people of Israel. I will never leave you nor forsake you. David knew he would never be abandoned by God no matter what the circumstances. In fact, David would even say that. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. That was the courage of faith. He knew God would be with him in all of the circumstances. In fact, one of the Psalms expresses it this way. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. David had that courage of heart because he knew God's heart that promised to be with him. It was the presence of the Lord that David that strengthened David. Not just in this circumstance, but in every circumstance David found himself in even when he would be pursued by King Saul and his men, David found comfort, refuge in the presence of his God. In fact, that was there all along. When David was anointed to be king, this is what the scriptures tell us. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. God never took his presence away from David. 
and that gave David courage. David also experienced the power of the Lord. He saw God demonstrate that great power. He knew it, of course, from his Bible stories, but he experienced it in his own life. That's why he called God his strength, his rock, and his fortress. David knew the power of God. And so he would stand before that giant and say, Today the Lord will conquer you, and everyone will know that the Lord rescues his people. That's the courage of faith. That's what we pray for you, for all of us. And that's what, by God's grace, we can profess. Because, you know, we too face giants. Oh, it may not be some big guy, but then again, maybe it will be. Maybe there's going to be some day that someone bullies you. Somebody kind of pushes you around. Or somebody, you know, intimidates you at work. Maybe there'll be other people who put pressure on you to kind of conform to their ways and and do what they're doing. Then we have more friendly giants, but they challenge us too. I'm talking about things like possessions, when all of a sudden all the electronic gadgets or all sorts of activities or trophies or awards or prestige we get, when that becomes more important than God. And then there are those plans, that pathway in the future. What's it going to be like going to high school? What's it going to be like next year in your job? What's it going to be like in the future? All those things can be a little intimidating. They can be like giants. And add to that then all the problems you experience in life. And what do you need? You need courage. The weak can live. Something like David. Somebody whose heart is after in line with the heart of God. Because those same promises that God gave to David are the same promises for you. Jesus said, I will be with you always. And all power and authority has been given to me. So his power is there working for us. Now we've all studied the scriptures. And these young people in particular have had a very intense few years in studying the scriptures. You know the truths of God. You know his promises. Now it's time to tell us you trust them. That's all you have to say. I trust Jesus. And not just saying that today, but every day. Wherever he may lead you, whatever he may ask you to do, whatever he may require of you, whatever he may give you, whatever he may take from you, whatever it is you experience, always say, I trust Jesus. Then listen and follow his lead. That's the courage of faith. David slew Goliath and many other troubles that came into his life too. But there was one giant that David could not slay. That's one giant that we all face too. And we can't slay him on our own. We can't slay him even by giving God some of our help. This giant is something only God can slay. I'm talking about sin. That lives right inside of us. And you know something else familiar about David and his great sins. 
that time when he was looking at and, and lusting after his neighbor lady and then lay with her. And when she was conceived with a child and he wanted to cover up that pregnancy, he gets her husband to get relief from military duty to come home and then has him sent back to the front line so that he'll be killed so that David can take her home now. David and Bathsheba. That was a giant, the lust in his heart. And there were other sins, too, that David committed. Like, but he wanted to take pride in how strong his army was, so despite the Lord telling him not to do it, he went out and took a census, counting all his military men so he could brag about his strength. And yet, despite those sins, God says, here is a man after my own heart. What? Remember what it means to live after God's own heart. To live in line with the heart of God. What's in the heart of God? You see, David knew that not only was his Lord a faithful Lord, but he was also a forgiving Lord. And so confirming your faith, telling us what's in your heart, is simply saying, I live with confidence in my salvation. That's a confidence we have not in ourself. David certainly knew that. We know that. So often we find ourselves giving in to temptation. So often we find ourselves pushed around and overwhelmed by sin. Why? Because we are not strong to handle it on our own. Trusting in self, the word self could simply be defined as sinful ego living in failure. We only think about ourselves. That's what David was doing. Well, I'm the king. I can do what I want. I can have who I want. Don't you find yourselves thinking the same thing? I can do what I want. I can have what I want. Living that way is defeat. David expressed this. He said, I know my transgressions. My sin is always before me. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. But David was a man after God's heart, living in accordance with the grace and forgiveness that was in God's heart. So his confidence of salvation came from his Savior. He knew the Lord to be a faithful God and a forgiving God. He would say, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And so he could pray at the beginning of that penitential psalm or prayer, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You see, David believed the promise of God that one of his own descendants would come and be a king, an eternal king, meaning he knew that God himself would come into this world to be his savior, and he did. God's Son, Jesus, came into this world to live for us, to live that perfect life that we cannot, 
so that there is a righteous standard that's met and given to us through faith in Jesus. And then this king would lay down his life for his people, taking upon himself all of our guilt so that God would punish him instead of us, so we would be free from the penalty of sin. Then this king would rise from the dead to be that eternal ruling and reigning king working for his people. That gave David the confidence of his salvation. And my friends, that same confidence is yours. Because Jesus came into this world for you, to live for you, to die for your sins, and to rise again to give you life. And so when you are here confirming your faith, what you are saying is, I need Jesus, and in him I have my Savior. Now every day we're confronted with this giant, and so many times we fall. That's why we need to be renewed in our strength and our spirit. That's why when you make your confirmation vow, you are saying that you want to be confident forever in this salvation. And as we've often reviewed in class, when I've asked you, who are you? I'm a child of God by baptism. Remember who you are, a baptized child of God. And then renew that faith by hearing that word so you have God's promises renewed in your heart. And then be strengthened and refreshed as you receive the Lord's Supper, giving you the very payment for your salvation so you have the assurance, the confidence, I am saved. Let that mark you the day as you make your confirmation vows. I have the confidence of my salvation in Jesus. Now, young people always seem to uh, get uh, an identity for themselves by what they do and how they look and such. And, and this generation of kids is now known as the digital generation. And we all understand why. Guys, they have those phones glued to their hands, right? And they're maybe texting or they're surfing the web or they're taking a selfie. And every once in a while, they may even call their parent. So while culture is going to give you the identity of uh, the digital generation, I want you to stand out even more different than that. To stand out as a generation that's identified as Jesus' generation. Because you live after his heart, knowing, trusting, confident in his saving grace in his commitment to you. And that gives you a heart that's filled with commitment to serve Jesus. David reflected that in his life. David is also known as a man who wrote many of the Psalms, that hymn book of the Old Testament. In there, he rejoiced in his salvation, expressed confidence in the blessings of God. And today, his words still move us as worshipers of the Lord. David was a musician. He would sing to the Lord, and he wanted the people to have that same joy that he expressed in this psalm. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And so as you make your commitment to serve, remember it starts with worshiping God. 
expressing your thanks and praise to a God who blesses you in so many ways and coming here to be with your fellow believers, to be strengthened in your walk. David also used all of his talents and abilities to work for the Lord. He was the king. He took on that call from Jesus willingly because he wanted to serve his Lord and his people. And he would do so as a great king providing for their physical needs, but also for their spiritual needs. Listen to how David viewed himself and expressed his life commitment in the opening of this psalm. It was written for the director of the music. It was a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, he said. He sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He expressed his praise in these simple words. I love you, Lord, my strength. David used his head to serve the Lord by planning for the people and planning a beautiful temple that they could worship in. David used his hands to serve the Lord by writing music and prayers. David used his heart to be a great prayer for the people. So use the talents and the abilities God has given you to work for the Lord. And do so with this purpose, to witness to him. David knew the Lord as faithful and forgiving, and he wanted others to know that same thing. And this is how he expressed it. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Let your whole life be a a statement to others who love the Lord. Be committed to serve him. I don't know if you were aware of it, but uh, this past week there was another special day. Tax Freedom Day. That is when they have calculated that from the beginning of the year till that particular day, you have now paid all your taxes, all your debts to the government, and everything else now is yours to enjoy. Or maybe the banks. You know, every day for a Christian is tax or debt Freedom Day, because God has paid our debt in full. What can we give to him? Nothing. He only asks for our heart. He only asks us to say, I love you, Jesus. To say it with our lips, to say it with our lives. So may it be said of all of us, and may God, his spirit, work in our lives and shape our hearts so that people will say, these are people who live after the heart of God. What's in your heart? Jesus. Amen.